Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. So today we're starting a new sermon series called New Year, New You. And... uh, it's worthwhile resolutions, and uh, if you're kind of thinking, hey, this is one of those things that of course is kind of like, uh, of course, it's a new year, we should be looking at new things differently, but um, I, I, I've been really excited about this sermon series in terms of, hey, let's, let's actually be intentional about starting new, better habits, and so, if you were like me, 2019 went way too fast. But the reality is, if you guys, uh, if you guys really thought about it, is there's still only 365 days a year. And it's basically separated into 12 months. Those 12 months have 30 days, 31 days. One has 28 sometimes, or all the time. It doesn't matter. <laughs> all 12 have 28 days, y'all, if you didn't realize that, okay? But those days are broken up into maybe four or five weeks, Sunday through Saturday, with 168 hours. Those 165 out, 168 hours are broken into 24-hour days with 10,080 minutes and 604,800 seconds. And while I read this, 45 seconds of that is now gone of your day. It's no secret that time just keeps on ticking away. It's always been the same. You don't get more time or less time in a year. It's always been the same time. But why is it that every single year we look back and we go, wow, that year went fast? Is it maybe because we are way too busy Is it maybe because we just keep uh, not paying attention to the things that are going on around us? At this point in our year, maybe you're like my wife and I who sat down on Thursday night and just looked at, okay, great, 2019's gone. Let's look at all of our goals, how how to cram in every second, every moment, every hour, every day with the best goals that we possibly can about being intentional. Every year, a ton of you guys in this room make new resolutions. And every year, some of you just say, hey, I'm making a resolution never to make resolutions ever again because I know that I don't keep them. But for some reason, we all desire to make ourselves better. Better version of the version we are now. In fact, actually, if you were to Google really quickly the top four resolutions today, they're all centered around these four right here. Healthier diet or choices, losing weight, decluttering our life, and learning a new skill. And so we as a kind of uh, preaching team kind of came together and said, those are all really actually great resolutions but they only last for as long as until we die. What if we made resolutions that lasted for eternity? 
So we are going to, for the next four weeks, go through resolutions in which we think are incredibly worthwhile resolutions that if you took the opportunity, if we took the opportunity to change these, it would not only change our earthly being day in and day out, but it would have eternal trajectory. And so week one is we're looking at, hey, trust Jesus, reading your Bible. Week two, we'll look at, hey, what about the forgiveness that has been bestowed on us and forgiving other people? Week three, we'll look at getting rid of distractions and sin that easily entangles. And week four, we're going to pick up new spiritual disciplines. And so let's dive right on into it this morning. And we're going to read John 6, 35 through 40, and then we'll pray. And this is what it says. And Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But you haven't believed in me even though you have seen me. However, those the Father have given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. And this is the will of, and this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me, but that I should raise them up in the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Before we pray this morning about this, um, we believe in uh, the power of prayer, and so uh, during worship, uh, somebody came to me and asked that you guys would put a gal by the name of Andrea on your prayer. She is right now over in China, and she ended up coming down with something that they have no clue what's going on with her, but she is in a coma right now, and uh, at any moment, they're saying that uh, she could either recover or at any moment, she could die. And so uh, it's a family friend of the Olferts. And so would you just please be praying for Andrea all the time um, so that, um, and that we see the uh, miracle of God working and that he's glorified always. And so would you pray with me this morning? God, your word is living and active and... It is always teaching us and always moving us. And we pray that we would allow it to pierce into our souls, that we would realize your goodness and we would realize the depths of our need for you and we would realize that everything we have is because of you. And so, God, our needs are met by you. You are our bread of life. And, God, we not only hunger physically, but we hunger spiritually. And so, God, would you fill us as we seek you? And, Lord, life still happens all around us, and we deal with things that are devastating. We deal with things that we'd have no clue why. But I do know that our ultimate desire is we, we want to glorify you, God. And so in Andrea's situation, Lord, would, 
Would you be with family? Would you be with her husband? Would you be with people who are going over there right now to even just travel to be with her? And, and Lord, would you hear our prayers for Andrea's life? That God, all the people around her would see your glory. And God, that your light would shine and that people would be drawn to praise your good works. That they would look towards you, Lord. We thank you for your word in our lives. In your holy name we pray, amen. And so if we dive into this uh, scripture today, there is something that's really interesting that he says right away in verse 35 when he says, I am the bread of life. If we were to look at the way that the world usually looks at a, rev, uh, at a resolution, the very first thing they would say is this. They would say, hey, have a good diet. Make healthy choices, right? And so, uh, Noah, you want to pull that up for me, please? Hey, the whole entire world would say, hey, maybe we need to make better choices, have a healthy diet. There are some of us in this room that would go, yep, I agree with that, right? And so we've been, uh, even me and my family have been talking about that this year, or sorry, these last couple of weeks. But if we want to change this to a worthwhile resolution, it would be trust in Jesus. Read your Bible. In 1 John 5.21, it says, Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your heart. We hear the psalmist later on read that he says, man, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The whole idea is hiding the word in our hearts so that we do the will of God. 1 John 2.17 says, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. And so if we're looking at scripture a little bit and we're saying, hey, trust Jesus, read your Bible, I think we need to dive into what he's saying in that verse of John chapter 6 and verse 35 when he says, I am the bread of life. Isn't that an interesting statement? I am the bread of life. Anybody who comes to me will not be hungry. There's another passage in uh, John when he goes and talks to the woman at the well and he says, hey, if you would know who would give you this uh, water, you would ask him for it and you would never thirst again. And she says, well, give me this water, right? And so this is a really interesting statement. Not only is he telling one group of people that he is the bread of life and they'll never be hungry and another person he says, he says, I am the water of life, you'll never thirst again. These are really bold statements, but I think... What he's really getting to is something that comes back in Matthew chapter 4. And in Matthew chapter 4, uh, it's, he says this, and just to give you a little bit of context, uh, Jesus is going to the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted. And so uh, he, after 40 days of fasting, Satan comes to him and he says, hey, I see that you're hungry. And so if you're really, truly the son of God, like you say you are, turn this stone into bread. And Jesus' is, response is right here. But Jesus told him, no, the scripture says, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
Isn't that interesting? Because we know that if you were to go without food right now for days upon days upon days, you would probably die. But I don't think that's what he's really getting at here. Because he quotes something directly from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. And so Moses, by the way, and give you a little context here, Moses is sitting here and he is talking to the people that have been wandering in the desert for 40 years. They find themselves not doing uh, what God uh, told them to do, and so God says, no, well, you're going to wander in the desert because you didn't want to obey me, and so you're going to wander in the desert for 40 years. But what happens in the desert for 40 years? And this is what Moses says to them. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. You did it, he did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. They chose to not listen to God by taking the land that God had, uh, God had promised them And they end up going, well, now we're really hungry and we need you to feed us. And the whole point is this, is that God is trying to tell them, would you please, please, please rely on me? Would you rely on what I'm telling you to do? How often is it that we get somewhere and then we take things into our own hands and we say, no, we've got this by ourselves? Jesus, in quoting way back in Deuteronomy to Satan, he's saying, here's the deal. I might be hungry, yes, but that's not why I came. I came to do the will that God is asking me to do, and he's going to take care of me. And so for me to then kind of do everything on my own power and say, yeah, I can turn this, is not what God wants. And so he clearly is telling Satan in this, No, I'm going to rely on the word of God for my sustenance. Well, what does that mean for us today, right? Because then later on, Jesus tells people, I am the bread of life. And it's this point, is that you can trust and rely on Jesus. The whole fact that God sent him is the whole plan. You can trust that the plan that God is working is being fulfilled through me. That the things you hunger for, the spiritual needs that you are looking for, the things in which you go, I don't know what this life is about, and Jesus answers all of those in his word. And so can you trust and rely that the, the things that God is doing in your life can be answered, can be walked through by him and his word. There's something interesting uh, they say in kind of the, uh, I, I don't know, the human performance world, they say this, and it, and it comes about constantly. It says, you can't out-train a bad diet. You can't out-train a bad diet. And I thought that was interesting because there's plenty of times in the, when the scripture says, would you please just taste and see that God is good? You can't 
out-train your life or you can't continue to go on by having bad ideas of theology or you can't continue to go on in life and think that everything is going to be a hunky door on a bad foundation of what the Bible actually says. And you guys have heard these things tons and tons of times. Again, you've heard, hey, cleanliness is next to godliness, right? Is that in the Bible? Nope, right? Money is the root of all evil. Is that in the Bible? No, the love of money is the root of all. I mean, we go in all these things and God has an answer for everything. But how do those things get so mixed up in us? It's because when we find one thing we can attach onto, we don't continue to look at the rest of Scripture over and over again or we think that this is what it says and we don't continue to dive deep into it and study it. You see, the aim of reading the Bible is to rely less on our own ways and more on God's ways. If we are hiding God's word in our heart, if we are meditating on it, we become different people. The things that we desire becomes the things that God desires. And so I, I want to get a little bit more practical with you than kind of ethereal today. And so we're, we're going to do something together. And you'll see on here that we're going to, I'm going to ask that you guys would start to look a little bit more into uh, reading your Bible this year. And I know that you're saying, wow, that's such a resolution. But I have a question. Have, have you been reading your Bible and only you can answer that. I, I can't. Maybe some of you are going, man, I've been reading my Bible and it hasn't helped a lick. And so I keep on spinning my wheels. Well, is there a way that we can change that this year? Is there a way that maybe we can look at things differently? Do you find yourselves just going, man, I read my Bible, but I have no clue what I read? I had a friend of mine who, uh, who said he got... He had the hardest time reading this Bible because what would happen is, is he looked at it as a duty. And so he would read his seven chapters that he wanted to get through today because he was an engineer, right? And so he had to get through them and bam, bam, bam. And he'd get done going, I, I, don't, I have no clue what I read. There are some of you that have picked up this thing right out in the front that we offer about every three months. This one goes from December, January, February. If you haven't picked it up, it's free. You can grab it. But there are some of you who have read this every single day, but have you looked at the Bible in one year at the very top? Have you started looking at more and more of today's reading and dive into that, or do you just read this page and that's it and you go on your day? If you would love a, uh, a suggestion this year, this is what I'm going to be going through this year. Uh, it's by Paul David Tripp called New Morning Mercies, uh, a daily devotion, gospel devotional. Um, great devotional. I am absolutely loving it so far. Uh, my wife read it uh, uh, two years ago, and sometimes I have the hardest time going, well, if my wife picked it out, then um, I have to read it because aren't I supposed to be the one that picks them out? Um, but uh, so I, I'm going to be reading this. But one of the cool things is, is he does have a, for further study and encouragement down at the bottom of, uh, 
tons of verses to look at. And so this has been something that I have really enjoyed. But man alive, when we look at these things, are we studying or are we just reading? Man, I checklist, I'm done. Because in all reality, I can read most of these in five minutes and be done and walk away. But I want to go through with you guys a little bit of uh, what would it look like to study Scripture and give a little bit of application for that. And so today we are together going to go through what I call the SAP method of reading our Bible. And so if you're taking notes, uh, here we go. We'll, we'll just dive into it together. But let's flip over to Mark chapter 4 together. And if you don't have your Bibles, we're, we're going to look at the side screens. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 13. Sorry, not verse 13, verse 15. So Jesus tells this, uh, tells this parable about a farmer going out and sowing seed. And so he talks about all the different soil and what happens to all this seed. And, and he gets done with it and nobody understands what he says. Not a single person gets it, and the disciples look at him, and later on when they're by themselves, they say, hey, would you explain to us what this means? And so he says, if you can't understand this simple parable, we are in really big trouble. But let's read it together, starting in verse 15. 14 is just a simple, hey, the farmer that planted the seed is taking God's word to others. That's what it is. The seed is God's word. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed, that, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They, fa they fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on the good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. This is God's word seeping into the soil. And right now I'm going to talk to you about what soil are you? Because if we were to do this sat method of reading the Bible together, ask yourself these questions as we read this passage. So the first one is, is hey, study. Who is the scripture written to? What is going on in this passage? And maybe before you even look at it, just say, hey, ask God to show you the big idea. Hey, God, I'm reading this piece of scripture. What's the, what's the big idea here? And there's lots of big ideas in this, but as you read it, because I think that I do believe that in Hebrews, when he says the word of God is living and active, if you were to read this a month later by yourself in your house, you might get something completely different than we're looking at today. But for the intents and purposes, I believe the big idea is this, is are you going to decide what soil you are today? When you hear God's word, when you read God's word, what type of soil are you? 
But really, who's the scripture written to? Well, the scripture is written to, uh, actually, uh, Mark is writing to people who would just be able to say, hey, this is who God is, man, bam, this is the big, I mean, Mark is, by the way, if you, uh, if, if the gospels were put into like genres of movies, the gospel of Mark would be an action-packed movie, right? It goes, this is what he does, this is what he does. He just goes, goes, goes. I mean, and then Jesus did this, and then Jesus did this. I mean, he uses words like immediately, and here we go. I mean, just, he, he goes, and it's all 16 chapters just packed with what Jesus did. And so he's really just trying to get at us, just going, this is Jesus' teaching. Jesus is teaching the people man, what type of soil are you going to be? He's telling a parable to the people that are around him, but also his disciples. And so let's look a little bit about what's going on in this passage. The first thing is, is that God's word is available to us today. The seed right here, it's here. It's in front of you. So where do you find yourself? Do you find yourself maybe this year in 2020 going, man, I've let the distractions of the world, the world get to me. I've been lured off by wealth. I've desired other things. And so if so, that means that you might be the thorny soil. having other things choked off. And so you may want to look at, and we're, we're going to get to this in a little bit, but you may want to look at, hey, maybe I need a gardener to come in. You might be looking at us going, man, I've heard this a thousand times and I don't want anything to do with it or what good does this have for me? You might be the footpath, and you might go, wait a second, I don't want to be there. I want to learn how to accept this. Maybe there's some of you who are the rocky soil, and you hear the message, and you immediately receive it with joy, but it doesn't allow you to have deep roots, and so it's quickly plucked away. How does it maybe get deeper roots? Talk about that. So once you've done all of that sort of stuff and looked at it and gone, okay, God, I've, I've looked at this all in which directions. The next thing is, is that, hey, let's look at how are we going to apply this? Because that would be really good to go, yeah, God, I know what soil, I know this, good, awesome, and close the book and walk away. But now how are we going to apply this? So let's have a little bit of application. And this works great, by the way, if... You have a journal or at least a piece of paper in front of you to write these things down. You don't always have to have this because you can think about it during the day. There are so many, by the way, there are some of you guys that are in here going, I don't like to read. I don't like to do all this stuff. Man, there are so many apps available for you to listen to the U version. There's a new one that I've just been uh, introduced to called Through the Word. Um, it's uh, Skip Heitzig's ministry, and so they do literally every single Bible, New Testament and Old Testament that you can read, and they, each of them have, uh, each chapter basically has a nine-minute plug that says, hey, this is what we look at it. It's called Through the Word. Uh, there are so many others out there that you could do. If you want to get really super nerdy, Blue Letter Bible, 
uh, is phenomenal. It has every single inter, uh, interlinear concordance you might want. It has uh, so many commentaries. It has the Greek and Hebrew lexicon, all of those things. And so um, there's, there's no excuse not to read, just to let you know. All right, so now if we go into application. The question that you can ask yourself is, how will I be different today as a result of this passage? How will I apply this section to my life? And be honest, how am I going to be different? God, I find myself today that I don't want to be the footpath where it just gets plucked away. And so, God, I, I need you to be in there a little bit more. Or today, I'm going to listen to everybody. I'm going to listen to different radio things. I'm going to listen for other people and how they preach the gospel or how they are talking to me. I'm going to be open to this is an application. Maybe the next thing is you find yourself as the rocky soil. You can sit there and go, man, I'm going to receive this in joy, but I need to let this sink into me. And so maybe it is you pulling out and going, I really like this scripture that I just read. And so, man, this is going to be my memory verse. Man, write the memory verse down. One of the things that I used to challenge youth group kids with is write your memory verse down, put it in a Ziploc bag, and put it in the shower with you. Most everybody takes a shower every day. The verse is right there. It's going to sink in. It's going to get its deep roots in you. Maybe it's putting, on, putting it on your computer screen. Maybe it's taping it everywhere. I, I don't know, but man, how am I going to allow this to be applied to my life today? There's some of us who, hey, <clears throat> we find ourselves in the thorny bit. So I'm going to start plucking the distractions out of my life today. I'm going to get rid of the worries that I'm thinking about in future and think about today. And those of you who have the good soil, and I have not even gotten to this yet, but those of you who find yourselves in the good soil, man, God, I'm going to keep on plugging away today. And I'm just going to watch God work through me. And the next part is, is in this SAP method is, hey, we're going to stop and we're going to pray. To get, we're just going to pray. When I said pray together, all of you guys were just like, we're going to pray together again? Oh, my gosh. Just joking. But write down what you want to tell God. And even be honest. God, I am definitely the footpath today because I don't want to do what your scripture says. I do not want to love my neighbor. I do not want to love my spouse. I do not want to do any of these things that you're asking me to do. Be, at least you're honest with him. I love the part when God says, I wish you were either hot or cold, but since you're neither, I'll just spit you out. Like it'd be better to be one or the other because we can be honest with God. And we can say, God, I, I need your Holy Spirit to do this through me because I can't.
God, there are so many distractions in my life. I need you to help me not see the distractions. I need you to give me the strength and the self-control. That's, I'm just gonna let you know that's one of the things in my life right now that I told my wife. I said, I really need prayer with self-control. I don't want to be distracted anymore. I don't want to lose kind of the focus that I have. I want to be more intentional, and so that means that I have to have self-control. I do not want to be a slave to the tyranny of the now. It's simple as, God, I need self-control. God knows what's going on in our hearts. God, I want to have deep roots. I don't want something to come and pluck things away, and so, Lord... I need you to give me ways in which I can have deeper roots. Give me a desire to read your scripture. Give me a desire to be refined a little bit more. Maybe God needs to bring a rock crusher into your life and grind up all the rocks around you. God, I do know that you're asking me to do this and so would you continue to give me the right times to see when I can plug you in if you're the good soil the last thing is this is God speaks to us through the scripture simply have a conversation with him and we've done this before as a church together but pray the scripture back to him God, I, I see that this is what it says. Or I maybe don't understand this piece of scripture. I don't get it. Or would you reveal this to me? Or God, I see these things. And maybe, like I said, a month from now, you might look at it and go, God, I want to be the farmer today. And so, Lord, would you please help me spread your word wherever I'm at? God, I really feel like I'm in the desert. And I really wish that I could turn that stone into bread. But really more than anything I'm, I'm asking is this. Is would you read scripture? Would you not look at it as something that is daunting or something that is so hard to do, but that you would just go, no, I, I'm going to take the time. And for some of you who haven't read Scripture before or haven't just dove into it, I'm not asking for an hour. I would even say, and some of you might go, good night. I would even say, dude, start with one minute. That's something funny that we tell our kids is, is we're just like, would you please just read, right? Like our kids come up to us and go, can we, can we watch this movie? And we're like, have you even read today, right? And they're like, no, we don't want to read. And I said, please, just read. And guess what? Next thing you know, 20 minutes has gone by and they're still reading. Hey, did you enjoy what you read? Yeah, I enjoyed what I read. Start with one minute. Because you know that it takes more than one minute just to read a verse. Well, it does for me. And then you got to get the whole context. There are some of you in this uh, room who have been reading your Bible every single day for years upon years. 
What if God is asking you to look a little bit deeper? What if God is asking you to be honest about yourself and journal, God, okay, I've read this before, but I don't know if I've lived this. Or being willing to take on a commentary and say, oh, I get it, I understand, this is what he's actually meaning, instead of just blowing past it. There are some of you in this room that are thinking, what do I even read? Where do I even start? I used to say Mark, but now I'm saying John. John is so full of great things. It starts off right away with a bang. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And right away. Start there. If you don't like starting in the middle of the New Testament, start at the beginning of the New Testament with Matthew. There are some of you that have started every single year to read the scripture and you're just like, I can't read Genesis one more time, right? Because you get like to numbers and you're like, I'm done, right? But no, hey, maybe start with Psalm or Proverbs. The other day, it, I, I will admit, the other day I was trying to uh, sing the books of the Bible in the New Testament, and I was like, is Obadiah a book? I looked at Virginia, I was like, is Obadiah a book? And, and she's like, yeah. I said, oh, I'm going to go read Obadiah. It's one chapter, y'all. That was lots of fun. Got to find out what Obadiah was all about. Challenge yourself. I, I do not suggest just picking up your Bible and opening it up and pointing your finger on it. I do not suggest that. Though I do know that God can work in those ways if he wants to. But pick a book. There are some of you who have kind of gone in and out of this. There, there are some of you in this room who, hey, can pick it up and read a couple days and then it's a week goes by and then you pick it up again. Would you... Would you pick it up one more day than you did last week? The point is, is this, is goes back to kind of the very first part of this resolution. Trust in Jesus. If we trust that Jesus has everything we could ever hope for or ever need, you would think that we would be tripping over ourselves to get to this. That we couldn't wait a moment to wake up and go, I need this. I, know, I want to read this. That we wouldn't wait another second or we wouldn't let another distraction happen to us. Because like we looked at during the Christmas season, Jesus is our hope. The hope for today and the hope for eternity. Without him, we have no hope. And so as we study scripture together and as we trust him, my prayer is that this worthwhile resolution is, is that we would overwhelmingly desire to know this more and more. And so we're going to be singing a uh, song. Um, I don't know when we're going to be singing it during the service, but um, uh, for the next couple of weeks. So I'm going to ask the uh, worship band to come forward, but we're going to be singing the exact same song for, for four weeks in a row. It's a song that I've loved for years and years and years. 
is a song called Single-Minded. And I pray that as we sing this song that you, you would make this one of the prayers of your heart. That if we trust in Christ and know that he has everything for us and that he, his, he alone holds all of the power, that we would desire to be single-mindedly focused on him. And that as we do, we pick up our Bible and we study it and we apply it and we continue to pray to him that this worthwhile resolution would not only just change our hearts but change our relationships change our families change all of our all of our spheres of influences around us because it's no longer us who live but we desire the bread of life we desire it's God that leads us forward, that we rely on him, that we trust in him, and that his word doesn't come back void. And so, dear Heavenly Father, God, we ask that you would be the great gardener, that you would till where we need to be tilled, and God, that you would sweep away the thorns, God, you would move the rocks, and that, God, that we would be the soil that produces what you desire. God, would we hide your word in our hearts? And Lord, would we single-mindedly just run after you so that we know you and we, we rely on you and we know your scripture? Because your word says that the most important command is that we love you with everything we are, and then we love our neighbor as ourselves. So God, we love you. God, put on us a desire to read your scripture. In your name we pray, amen. Love you all. See you next week. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at glasgowec.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.